Welcome to our show about our podcast. Welcome to our show. Welcome to our podcast, in which we are recapping every episode of the Kevin Bacon televisual vehicle, the following. Televisual indeed. This is episode nine. Love hurts. Love hurts. I kept trying to remember the lyrics to that song. I could not. So, so. Catherine's going to recap it this time because we're we're trying to get it. So <laughs> when the S'mores episode happens, if you recall from our very first episode, a moment that she remembers, we are anxiously awaiting for that to happen, but she wants to be in charge of the game when we're if, doing that. If and when it happens. If and when it happens, so. It might not even happen, right? It's something I thought I remembered, mm-hmm. but may or may not exist in the show. So we're doing it, so uh, Catherine's doing the recap and I'm doing the game Today. And I think I do remember right, because I actually remembered something from this episode before mm-hmm. it happened yeah. pretty well. Yeah, I think your memory about the show is pretty good. Yeah, so in episode nine, Love Hurts, we start with Agent Parker and Kevin Bacon in a VIM. What is a VIM, you ask? It's a very important meeting. <laughs> Agent Parker. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering, I was like, I don't think they referred to a VIM in the episode. It so. was a very important meeting. She is telling everyone that there are so many more followers than they initially thought. And the VIPs of the VIM are like, is that a Waco situation? A Jonestown situation? They say it kind of like sarcastically, but she's like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. The CAA asks a bunch of questions, rapid fire, um, like what are... And, and the Division of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms also does. Yeah, there's like, it's VIM. Yeah. It's a very important meeting for very important people. So they end with the question, um, like, what's their manifesto? What are they dealing with? And they're told that Carol is using literary themes about gothic romanticism, which then is an excuse to cut back and forth between the very important meeting... And Joe Carroll's teaching room. What was the special name of that teaching room? Oh, yeah, room what was it? I have it on here somewhere. That Roderick built for Joe Carroll. Like his inspiration room His or inspiration like room. And so he's in his inspiration room. We rapid fire cuts from the CIA briefing to the inspiration room with Carroll teaching the followers and engaging them to, quote, write their own chapters. He says <laughs> he wants to hear from all of them. Quote, what inspires them? And it's very, very, very much like a bad 
overpriced writer's retreat yeah, yeah. with with the abundance of bad shawl collars to match. Yeah. It's like we're it's like we're all of a sudden at the Iowa's writers workshop or exactly. something like that. And like I said, with an abundance of bad shawl collars <laughs> that you would expect from that sort of thing. So everyone's hanging on his every word. We cut to Nick Donovan, the CIA, FBI. Yeah, whoever the person who's now leader. in charge. He's the yeah. leader. He's in charge. Of the the po- authority figure who's keeping Kevin Bacon down. Keeping Kevin Bacon down. They meet, he catches up with Bacon and Parker outside of the meeting. He wants to talk to Parker alone. He says that they need Kevin Bacon, mm-hmm. but he's a wild card. It's wild card. Wild card. So that he has to, um, she, Agent Parker, has to control him. Mm. Agent Parker has no problem with this. She's like, cool, cool, cool. So... We cut to Edie Falco in her kitchen. It's not Edie Falco. <laughs> I was like, is that Edie Falco? It's not, sadly. Um, but it's a woman we haven't seen. She's a motherly type. And she is scared because there are dirty dishes in her sink. And hey, we've all been there. Right? She comes home. <laughs> she drops off her groceries. And then she looks in her sink. And it's like scary music. There are dirty dishes. Oh, no. But it turns out she isn't expecting anyone to be home. She sees someone on her couch. She it's starts, not just grease buildup. No. She turns around. It's Jacob. And she says, Jacob? And he says, Mom? And so, okay, there's a lot here, right? Jacob and Paul are alive. Hooray. I've missed them. And they've gone home for the weekend to do their laundry and shit, like you do. More college so, analogies. <laughs> back at the murder retreat, a try-hard, very tightly strung, mousy young woman is clutching a book because we're literally writing the chapters now, I guess. She, like, has her book as she talks about the chapter she wants to write. Again, it's like a a combination of a creative writing workshop and a murder camp. Yeah, but it's not a (laughs) metaphor, the writing. Like, people are writing and killing. They are writing their own chapter about murder and then committing murder. Is the theme theme for the show now, what if... Edgar Allan Poe actually committed all those murders he wrote about. No, because it's about a professor of Poe. We've left Edgar Allan Poe long behind. It's just the one who teaches about him. So she's excitedly talking about her Joe Carol Ryan Hardy slash fic. No, she's not. But really, she's talking about how excited she is. And then we flash back to her talking to Joe in jail. And I seem to remember this actress... um, so she's probably a big character going forward. I wrote my notes, and we'll see where she goes. But it's she's been pen pals with Joe, and anyone who has a flashback, like this this trope of flashback to Joe in prison, how you met Joe while he was in prison, is such a, a trope now. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's happened at least four, yeah. five, six, seven maybe times. Yeah, it's it's if we see that happening, that character is going to be like the focus for at least. An episode or two. Yeah. So she met Joe. They had been pen pals. And it's clear that they carried on a rather long pen pal relationship. But she's come to Joe now because her husband had been cheating on her. And Joe was kind of telling her she deserves happiness. And so, um, and murder is happiness. So she shot her husband and the woman he was cheating with. And then goes into detail about how she cut up their bodies, put them in a Florida swamp, but she's freaked out that she's going to be caught. Joe tells her she can get help from Roderick, because it turns out Roderick has been, 
you know, he's the sheriff embedded in this town, and he's been helping a lot of Joe Carroll's followers get away with murder, literally. Then we flash forward. Um, she just wants her dumb book to be happy. That's it. That's the scene. She's wants like, my chapter ending. is happy ending. We cut to Jacob at his mom's house, and he has regressed to a moody teen. He's like, what, mom? She's, <laughs> he really does. He goes, what, mom? She is sad because he is wanted for murder. And then he says, I haven't even murdered anyone, mom. <laughs> Which is true, right? He hasn't. Jacob hates his dad, we learn. His mom starts crying and says, help me understand you. And he says, I don't think I can explain. <laughs> they both cry and embrace. And again, this show is using murder as a weird metaphor, a poorly mixed metaphor for sexuality, right? Mm, yep. This could be a scene about he comes out to her. She's like, your father doesn't... Yeah, keep like saying that. stuff about your father oh, your doesn't understand gonna, your dad he, doesn't like you. And yeah. she's like, but I love you. Help me understand. He's like, I don't know. And they hug and it's great. But this is not gayness. This is not homosexuality. This is murder, which yeah. is illegal. Like there's nothing. And then to compare the two is to equate homosexuality with illegality, which is such a fucking problem. And, and like, murder. No. <laughs> and death. <laughs> yeah. Which I actually have notes about later. So we cut to CIA world. Bacon is frustrated until he gets a call from Joe. Joe taunts him about Mike, the tryhard cop, being tortured and in the hospital. Ryan taunts, taunts him back about his followers being dead. Joe and Ryan have a broody phone banter off, and it is boring. Oh, this is something, though, that is like, because I also put as one of the strange things that I think it's like the themes that are becoming weirder and weirder is like on one hand... Joe continuously talks about, like, the, the followers as friends, right? They're my friends. And if we go back and think back several episodes ago, he said something to, like, Ryan Hardy about, like, oh, it's so sad you don't have friends. But in that phone conversation, like, like Ryan says, Kevin Bacon says, I'm sorry about the death of your friends. And Joe's response is, that's okay, I have more. Yeah. And, and so it, it is like this, this, if that's sort of like a theme, it's really weird as to what that even... Like, what's that supposed to be? So, I mean, obviously, I don't think we should read in too much. I think much, it's about but... um, that he's charismatic and Ryan Hardy yeah. is not. Yeah. Right? That was last week no, when Ryan I... Hardy came in after Nick Donovan chewed him out and said, nobody likes me. And yeah. then Mike's like, well, it's because you're very unlikable. And then Ryan Hardy said, I'm kidding. Yeah. And that's right, that he's he's he is a good person, but no one likes him. Yeah. Whereas Joe is a bad person, but everyone loves him. <laughs> no, I think I think that's right. And I think that's a good way of interpreting that. Yeah. And I mean, it's so dumb. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's really boring. Long story short is they just talk about Claire, Claire, Claire. Star Joe isn't over Claire. He's whining about getting back with Claire. <laughs> And Ryan, he's still, like, really, really pressed that Ryan slept with her long after Joe divorced her. They were divorced. Yeah. This is something, like, the fact that this becomes a perpetual plot point is like, oh, you cheated on Joe with Claire. It was it was very well established that that didn't happen until the divorce was finalized. So it's, it's that, again, yeah. is something that's very... I just want to reiterate. Yeah. So, the tightly wound mousy girl, 
is what, what's her name? Amanda? Amanda, Amanda. Amanda Porter. Amanda Porter, who I really like at this point. Um, we got another another in a string of uh, pretty pretty decent, entertaining female female killers. Yeah, the female followers yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, I like the energy she brings. She's very type A. Um, she's very tightly wound. <laughs> like Emma's pretty chill. Emma's like I have to do Is everything. She chill. <laughs> she's more chill than Amanda. I, that would be true. Amanda that is, true. is just giving us crazy eyes, like yep. eyes literally rolling in her head, like a horse that has eaten moldy hay. Yeah. Right, a wet horse who's gonna die soon. That's Amanda. That's her energy, right? Just, uh, um, <laughs> oh, that was a nice laugh. Do that. Can you do that again? That was a horse neigh, Grant. <laughs> okay, I sounded like somewhere between a laugh and a horse neigh. I, I like the blending of the two. That's why I liked it. That's Amanda Porter. It's <laughs> uh, Amanda Porter energy. So A P E. Um, the tightly. <laughs> so the tightly wound mousy girl who is Amanda Porter. Who is all of us, huh? Um, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> is all of us? It's in a diner. And she goes up to a woman we don't know. This is a stranger, a new character. She asks the stranger, and she's very... I love this scene for many reasons. In part because I do feel like women are trained to be polite and respond to situations like this. Where if you go up to someone with the right kind of energy... Amanda they, Porter energy? Yeah, they have to respond in kind. So Amanda Porter just goes in, sits right down, and the women are like, oh, okay. And she's very upbeat, and she's like, hey, I have to ask you a favor. And so she's just so assertive that the other women are, you know, you're trained to be polite, and they're like, okay. Um, she's like, hi, I have to ask you a favor. You need to give a message to my friend Ryan Hardy. And the women are like, well, we don't know a Ryan. And she's like, yeah, well, the message is for Ryan. And the message is love hurts. So titular, right? This is the episode love hurts. Mm -hmm. Joe Carroll has already said love hurts. Now we have a message for Ryan Hardy, Kevin Bacon, love hurts. Um, and so then she's clearly holding something very heavy under the table. The women are like, okay, this woman, they begin to see her crazy energy underneath yeah. the type A energy assertiveness. And they go, what do you have there? And then she very upbeat says, oh, it's a spear fishing gun. I'm going to try it out. And she shoots the woman through the booth. Just go. And they show the spear go right through. Um, they don't show it go through the woman. They just show it exit <laughs> out God. the booth. And her friend screams. And I, I, my notes say, ah, be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we cut from that to the aftermath where the FBI have come into the crime scene. It turns out the woman was named Claire. She is divorced and her full name is Claire Matthews, just like Joe's wife. Ex-wife. Get Ex -wife, over it, yeah. Joe. So Joe is going to have Claire Matthews killed all over the country, or at least in that area, the tri-state area, until Claire gives herself up. Very clearly. Back, and this is what I remembered. Right before mm -hmm. Amanda killed that woman, I'm like, wait, I think he's going to start killing Claire's. And I was right. Yeah, you were. Back to Jacob's spring break at home. 
His mom is helping clean Paul's wounds. Paul is having a heart-to-heart with his future mother-in-law. It's all very nice. They flash back to basically just laying all the blame at Emma's feet. I don't like it. Not cool. Basically, Paul is explaining how he met Jacob to Jacob's mother, but also saying that all the killing was like all Emma's fault. Boo-hoo-hoo. Wine, wine, wine. Um... But basically, this scene is just there to establish that we're going to have, like, a fairly important flashback scene. I don't want to go back and forth, but spoilers, basically, to Paul, right? We, we've laid out that Emma and Jacob were mm-hmm. kind of set up on murder date, and yeah. date of sorts, by Joe Carroll. They were both loners, and they started dating, and then Emma killed her mother, Jacob hasn't killed anyone. We learn that Paul hits the scene as kind of a new outsider guy who has to prove he can be trusted. And Jacob and Paul go out on a audition. Murder date. A murder date, a murder audition um, to kill someone. And Jacob can't do it. But Paul is like, I'll do it for you. I'll keep your secret. It's very nice. Yeah. I, I'm going to always stand by it, like Jacob and Paul. Interestingly, that scene also had one of the more bizarre sound cues of the entire thing. It had Refused playing in the background, which was interesting to me. Why? Because they're a very, uh, like, anti-capitalist, hardcore punk band. No cop. (laughs) Okay, so my notes now say, gross, gross, not talking about or acknowledging Joe and Emma hooking up. So now nothing happens in the show for about five minutes. <laughs> Don't worry about it, guys. And I stand by that. You'll never, never talk about that. <laughs> Catherine, uh, for those of you not able to see us, Catherine <laughs> just mimicked zipping her mouth shut and like locking it and throwing away the key. Thank you. So back at Weekend at Jacob's, Paul has... Weekend at Jacob's. <laughs> I also made a spring break joke you did not laugh mm-hmm. at earlier. Well, I mean, that I think I was like the... the Yeah, it seems like a bunch of... It seems like college. Very college You go home from college I to think do that your was laundry. More, yeah. Or, or help your murder lover deal with his sepsis when you're on the <laughs> but, run. Well, no, I was laughing, though, at the, the Weekend at Jacob's. Like, it was like Weekend at Bernie's. Like that's which which more has to do with like somebody's dead and they're carrying him around. Well, it's foreshadowing, okay. sadly. <laughs> Back in weekend to Jacob's Paul has sepsis and will die without a hospital. Jacob's mom tells him to get out before his father comes home anyway, right? This father looming. Like you can't be here when your father gets here. We cut to an unknown apartment, and this scene happens so fast. It might as well not exist, but it's there just again to show the power of the following. And their new scheme of the week, fear of the week, is that they're killing people named Claire Matthews. So we cut to an unknown apartment. A woman named Claire Matthews gets very, very easily tricked into quickly opening up her door and being pushed out a window by the followers. Like, it's way too easy. She literally lands at the feet of the real police outside. Just... How long do you think this scene takes? 40 oh, seconds? Yeah, if that. It was very, 20 very fast. seconds? It was less than a it's minute It's just for like sure. a woman comes out of the shower, sees the TV, knock, knock, knock. It's the police psh, out the window. Real police go, oh, darn it. Yeah. Oh, gee golly. Um, so 
Ryan complains very stupidly, and it's like, it doesn't make sense that Joe would foreshadow his plans to me. Why does that scene even happen? So, Ryan... <laughs> Joe's trying to pretend that it's more complex than it is. Ryan Hardy... Joe's such a good creative writer and professor. We gotta keep acting like it is. The more we say it, no. the more the audience will believe it is. But, like, <laughs> even if he is a good professor, he would love dramatic foreshadowing. Ryan Hardy is complaining that it doesn't make sense that Joe called him to vaguely say love hurts and hang up and now is killing people named Claire Matthews very successfully. He's like, he wouldn't give us a head start. He's killed three people named Claire Matthews. You're not, it didn't help. You're not doing a good job stopping him. He's teasing you because you suck at your job. <laughs> Zuh. So um, he's like, it doesn't make sense. I'm like, have you heard of dramatic foreshadowing? Go take a class on literature with, with Joe, Joe Carroll. <laughs> anyway, that scene had no point in the plot, but it bothered me. <sighs> back at the worst college professor party ever. So back at the murder <laughs> mansion, it really does often remind me of, and yeah. you said this as yeah. we were watching it, a really creepy, uncomfortable party at a professor's house. Like a very, very inappropriate yeah. college professor. Um, that everybody knows is inappropriate. Yeah, and it's like, why do we go to these? Oh, because we're in college and we want free booze because yeah. we're poor. <sighs> Which actually, in hindsight, makes them sadder. Yeah. That the professor like knows that anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they No, get, those are super sad. They get some things right in this. Yeah. Emma and Roderick talk about how Roderick became sheriff, but really Emma's just staring at Joe across the party, pining for him. So we aren't talking about this scene much, because I don't want to. But it's just like a super depressing, over-served college party that either a creepy professor is throwing or a creepy professor has wandered into and is being creepy at. Because, mm -hmm. like, Joe's the center of attention. It's like, hey, hey, hey. Um, Roderick does reveal he knows Emma and Joe slept together and that he knows all about Jacob and Paul and their now defunct throuple. And he knows that she's been ignoring Jacob's texts. Yeah. Roderick knows everything. Oh, not, not texts, like the, the calls, like voicemails, because that was what he was saying. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, it's like he made fun of Yeah, Roderick, Roderick makes the scene. He starts, like, screaming at the party. He, like, starts doing dramatic readings of the voicemails. Yeah. I still think they were texted okay. wrong, but it doesn't matter. Okay. Yep. Either way, Roderick does a creepy reading of it or rendition. Like, it's it's not a quiet party, but he just starts yeah. screaming, Why'd you leave me, Emma? So Roderick also gave Jacob and Paul the address for the writer's retreat. They have to go. But Paul is in very bad shape. We're back at um, Jacob's mom's house. And dad's house, but Jacob's dad is not there. And Paul is just in bad shape. He can't travel. Jacob's like, we have to go. We, we can get out of here. And Paul's like, go without me. And Jacob's like, I can't leave you. And Paul's like, go on, get, get. <laughs> but seriously, he does, he does try and white fang him, right? Yeah. He's like, go on, get, go on. Go, throws rocks at him. No, instead of throwing rocks at him, he says, you owe me. And then they um, flash back to their sitting in the car after the murder audition. And he says, don't tell Emma. And Paul says, I won't. It's our secret. And Jacob's like, why? He's like, I like you. And really, I'm going to say again, I like Jacob and Paul. Mm -hmm. 
I think they're a good team. And Paul really gets a bad... They kind of redeem Paul this episode. Yeah. I'm not going to say he gets a bad rap. I didn't like him before. He made some very stupid moves. He had his mid-murder crisis where yeah. he kidnapped the gas station attendant. But He also was the one that was like, <laughs> wanted to beat Joey up. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Anyway. Ooh. I might have some regrets later here. Okay. So I do get very moved as Jacob's crying and says, come on, Paul, you got to come with me. And Paul's like, I can't. And so then um, Jacob has to leave Paul. Mm -hmm. So he kills him with a pillow. Paul's his first. Yep. (laughs) Um, So they play romantic music. Paul is his first kill. What is the show doing? Like he accepts his sexuality now? Or he's a murderer now, or it's the same thing. And this is like peak Bersani Edelman. He smothers him with a pillow and then lightly kisses his forehead. And then here's my question. He like just leaves him there? Yeah, and also, I guess. Also, the mom, this is happening seconds after the mom is like, you got to get out of here. Dad's coming home. I can only assume the mom's just sitting by the cozy fire watching this happen. Yeah, and it's like, we're watching just her son lose leave. his murder virginity <laughs> <laughs> and smother his friend with a yeah. pillow. And, and, uh, and then and he yeah. leaves in there for like, what? The mom uh, to clean uh, up? Yeah. His mom has to clean up the here's body? Here's my dead, my dead lover, mom and dad. Bye, peace. See ya. Back to college. I'm going to college. Bye. But yeah, for those of you who are not perhaps super well versed in recent trends in queer theory, <laughs> Catherine, I'm sorry. Catherine um, briefly mentioned uh, like the theorist Leo Bersani and Lee Edelman, who probably around 10 years ago, so right around when this uh, show was on. Lee and yeah. Leo. Yeah. I actually did. Sorry to interrupt. Lee and Leo makes me laugh because I was grading um, student midterms today, and I had a student, they had to choose three terms and connect them in a creative argument, and one student chose Jacques Rancière, Jacques-Louis David, and Jacques Patnier, and he connected them because they were all Jacques, Jacques. which I did not know I had done, and was (laughs) actually really brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I just want to shout out out to that student and their creative... (laughs) Creativity. The essay was called The Three Jocks. And I oh, loved geez. it so much. <laughs> hey, if you can find that oh, yeah. hidden yeah. amongst I the terms, no, go, I agree. go to town. And, and then make something that maybe is hopefully a bit more substantive than just they have the same name. But Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they define their terms well. Good. They That's explain good. them all. Yeah. Anyway. What? Sorry. Anyway. It just uh, made me excited. I'm, I'm a good teacher. Leo... <laughs> Lee Edelman and Leo Versani are both known for having a range of writings that connect um, homosexuality and death. So that's sort of the like... The rectum is a grave. Yes. Yeah. That's Edelman. That, no, no. That's oh. Leo Versani. Rectum Ooh. is a grave is Leo Versani. I'm not such a good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Oopsie poopsie. <laughs> so, um, okay. So his mom is left to clean up his dead lover's body and I guess the dad, the dad, she has to do it before dad gets home. Yeah. Poor not. <laughs> He's going to be so angry. <laughs> Poor not, Evie Falco. So, we cut to, I'm sorry, dear listeners, the best I can describe this as is an outdoor Mardi Gras rave. I, I just referred to it as a stupid rave in my notes. <laughs> well, I think the Mardi Gras yeah, thing I is think important. That's probably... It's a masquerade yeah. Mardi Gras rave. 
It's very rave in energy yeah. and music. Yep. It is outdoors mm -hmm. and it is carnival like. Well, not carnival, but no, like no, no, a yes. sad um a local carnival. A sad local parking lot carnival. Yeah. Like lots of concrete. State fair. State, not state fair, no grass. We're talking like outside <laughs> of a Walmart. <gasps> Set up for the day until they get shut down because they don't have permits style. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get on that Ferris wheel. It's going to hurt us. Um, anyway, it's an outdoor concrete carnival Mardi Gras. Everyone has masquerade masks, which adds to the confusion and heightened tension of this scene in which, as I said, we cut to a Mardi Gras rave. My notes say, I have no fucking idea. The last living Claire in New York is at this rave, and they have to fight. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for getting that one. We're not in New York. That was a Paul Simon yes. song reference. Or Simon and Garfunkel. I don't know. I'm assuming Simon and Garfunkel, but I don't and know. Actually, that would be the only living Claire in New York, so yeah. it's not even a good... Sorry, everyone. Um, anyway, so the in the tri-state area, there's only one Claire left, she is a student. She doesn't have her cell phone conveniently. So the FBI has to go in and find her at the exact same moment that several members of the following, including my new favorite, Amanda, are also there to find her and kill her. So this really, the scene does what the show loves to do. Um, anyone at any time could be a following member, right? Even if a policeman comes up to her to try to help. It could be a follower. So at first we see Claire and some guy comes up and says, hey, are you Claire? Are you Claire Matthews? And we think obviously this is a follower going to kill her. But actually it's just a nice guy who then immediately gets stabbed by yeah. Amanda as Claire runs away. And again, this is not the Claire Matthews. This is a Claire Matthews, a college student, a young college student. So young college student Claire Matthews, not flashback, just a different Claire Matthews. I can't. I'm sorry, this is confusing everyone. Um, runs away and runs to a police officer. And we're like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? He immediately gets shot, so he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> she runs into a creepy series of tunnels. And then um, a bad guy follower immediate who shot the policeman um, is pursued by Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon's like, put your hands up. And then she's like, you won't shoot me. You don't have the... Kablam! He shoots her way too soon. And that was the that was the person in the previous episode that was like in charge of in a relationship with yeah. Roderick, yeah. in um who handed out the metal pipes pipes yeah. pipes in fight sport. <laughs> fight sport. So kind of Roderick's girlfriend, kind of a yeah fight sport helper. So he just like Ryan Hardy talk about police murdering people. Um, she has her hands up and he just shoots her. There's no, I'm sorry. It was, I, was that supposed to be cool? That she's like, you don't have the couple am. No need, no need to shoot her. Well, it was something that she also said something like, what if I don't follow your instructions? And Who cares what she says? Oh yeah. No, no, no. I know. She can say, I'm going to kill you and your family. Her hands are up. He shouldn't shoot her. Okay. So anyway, she's dead. And then he runs into the series of creepy tunnels. Very convenient. Again, this show loves a creepy hide and seek chase scene, huh? 
Is there anything that show loves more than a creepy hide-and-seek chase scene in which Ryan Hardy gets to run around going, kill me instead? No, that's the, that's the thing that I think is most ridiculous, is him again saying that. So he gets staple gun? Or yeah. nail gun. Nail it's gun. a nail gun. I really love Amanda's choice of weapons, like a, like a harpoon, a nail gun. Very nice. Um, so he chases her down. She has Claire. She's holding the nail gun to not Claire, Claire's head. And Ryan says, let her go. And then I really, really like, I like Amanda. Amanda screams, no, she has to die because you have to be punished because you slept with Joe's wife, which I don't take lightly. Um, and then Ryan says, she's not Joe's wife. And Amanda says, I know, it's a freaking metaphor, Ryan. <laughs> I appreciate it. Then Ryan says, no, kill me. Ugh. Say it one more time. Say it one more time, Ryan. Martyr. Kill He's, me. He has to be a Pisces. Kill me. Has to be a Pisces. Such a fucking martyr. Okay. Why don't you kill me? <laughs> kill me instead. I'm, kill I'm, me. I'm Ryan Hardy. Kill me. I like this Ryan Hardy impression. Oh, Do, more. <laughs> Do more. Do <laughs> more. One more. Kill me. Do something else. I just think you should kill me. Joe. <laughs> Joe, I, I was totally sacrificed myself just to have to go back to jail. Kill me. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, okay, that's what we call a callback. Because <laughs> of, oh, yeah. You get it. Okay, so, um... Yeah, Amanda's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. That's not the point of this. They've caught wise that, like, Ryan Hardy doesn't value his own life, so the best way to punish him is by killing other people and making him watch. But Ryan tries to convince her to kill him. She yells, it's not going to work, Ryan. But then, damn it, it does work. Yep. She gets, like, confused and overly anxious, and we've all been there. And then she gets <laughs> captured, and... um. Claire does get away. Claire, not Claire, gets away. And really, I had really high hopes for Amanda. Yeah. Very disappointed. And we end with dramatic music. She's not dead. She's just she's in She's not dead. She's, she's in, in federal custody. And the fact they are even saying that she's going to be taken out of the local prison. She's going to be transferred mm. to prison. So who knows? I, mm. I thought the fact that they actually made a deal out of that is almost telegraphing that she is going to escape. Yeah. He often isn't kind to people like, you know, Jordy got caught. Mm -hmm. Once you get caught, he's not very nice to you, but we'll see. So we end with dramatic music, as per usual. Roderick enters the inspiration room private study where Emma is. Emma thinks it's Joe, but he's like, nope. And then he has a surprise for Emma. He leads her to the doorway of the mansion, and it's Jacob! Jacob is not happy with y Emma. Nope. Why, why do you look crazy? Your oh. eyes were big. I mean, that's anyway, the end of the episode, right? And so we end with Jacob staring Emma down. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. End okay, of the, end that's of it. it. Yep. So, shall we move on to talking about our cult leaders and bottom feeders? Hardest week ever for me for this one. Hardest week ever. Hardest week ever? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll start, if we'll that's start. okay. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. For cult leader, I really 
thought it was going to be Amanda. Mm-hmm. Amanda loved her energy, and she got so much work done, right? She was like, she didn't... She ever, was efficient. She was efficient. The diner scene was great. We'll get to that. But um, she had good weapons, and she got did a lot of good work. And I really, really, really was not expecting her to get caught. Mm-hmm. And that, ultimately, I don't think I can choose her because she did get caught, and... That really disappointed me. But I really liked that of the many successful female following members we've seen, she didn't like mix her metaphors. She wasn't like doing theater stuff. She's like, it's a metaphor, Ryan. Um, So I think just because it's, plus the whole let's kill Claire's all over. Mm -hmm. If this was her chapter, I think that was a very interesting thing. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting form of, like, terror. But because it was his final episode and because it made me emotional again, even though it was weird, I'm going to go with Paul. They redeemed him in this last episode. It's how we knew he was going to die. Yeah. Because, like you said, he's done some pretty shitty things. But ultimately, just R.I.P. Paul. Paul's, your, Paul. Paul's your call leader because of R.I.P. Yeah. Just going to salute him out. I think that's... Fair enough. No one, kind of, no one else did a great job this week. No, 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 no. And and if you said, like, Amanda, because she got caught, that's the reason why you couldn't give it to her, then that makes sense. I, I initially if was like... If she had gotten away, mm-hmm. if she had killed the final Claire and gotten away, easily, mm-hmm. easily, Amanda. Yeah. I. She'd be my new Emma. Heck. <laughs> I, I put, like, I was thinking a little bit between, like, the Jacob and Paul, like, one or the other. You know. Because like why didn't was... I choose Jacob? Huh? Maybe I should have chosen Jacob. He he got oh because I don't want to celebrate murder. Yeah, I was like he yeah. got them to his mom's house safe and sound, and they both got taken care of. But no, Paul's dead because Jacob killed him. Yes, I'm not going to celebrate that. All right, all right. No way, Jose. So that was something I was initially thinking of, but then I did choose Amanda. Amanda is my cult leader because of the fact, as many of the things you previously said, and the fact that she had a genuinely like manic, crazy energy, and I think that that was something that the show had been had been lacking a little bit. Is like the having yeah. some of its killers seem to be kind of like fun, crazy killers, and so that truly, even, you know, even though she got caught, I do, I I anticipate, and I do not remember pretty much any part of the show at this point. I do think there's a good chance that she is going to escape from jail when she's transferred. Um, I'm going to tell you. I, we, once we say them, we can't change them. Mm-hmm. But if we could, I would. Yeah. I agree. I also want to say, I'm going to put this out here for memories that may or may not be true. I kind of remember, like, a house in the middle of nowhere that's a safe house for the following when shit goes down and they have to leave the mansion that she shows back up at. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think this is her last episode. I, I don't think that she's so a. Much. I don't think she's a new Jordan. Yeah. All right, well, bottom feeder. Obviously. Okay, bottom feeder, I'm not going to elaborate much because, again, this was a hard week for me. No one did great. No one did bad. I have Jacob's dad, question mark, because he's homophobic. <laughs> but no, he's not homophobic. He doesn't like murder. Yes. He would turn in his murderer son, which actually is a good thing. Yeah. Um, then I have Emma, question mark, but I'm not even going to address the fact of why I don't like Emma this week, so she can't be it. So I'm going to say my bottom feeder is Ryan Hardy. 
No. Because right. a lot of Claire's die. And kill me. And because, me. yeah, it's kill like, me. say kill me one more time, Ryan. I'm Ryan Hardy. Say kill it me. one more time and I will. Kill me. I'm Ryan Hardy. Just I'm kill me. I'm so over it. Kill me. He's bad at his job. <laughs> he's bad at his job. And the whole, like, why would Joe toy with me? Because that's what he's been doing your whole relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also ends with him being really creepy staring at Claire yeah. on a laptop. Like he's going to masturbate at her night. <laughs> <laughs> so Ryan Hardy. Just kill me. I'm going to look at this. I'm going to look at this laptop. No, no, stop. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mine, my, I think I had some initial, uh, initial impulses were similar, not necessarily with Ryan, but I, I put like maybe Emma at the beginning, because I really dislike what the show is doing yeah, with her character. Yeah, she was so good. Yeah, they're, they're turning her into, like, really the I am completely willing to sacrifice anything for my sexual desire for Joe, which is gross. And especially, I think, that it's like, even though I didn't quite have the the sort of emphasis and enthusiasm I think you did for her character... Um, I do recognize pretty much all the things you're saying is accurate. She was kind of, and I think I did select her at one, one episode. I think I chose her as the, the cult leader because she was literally the cult leader at that point. That was pretty early. But I think like she was one of the better characters near the beginning. And now she's just, I hate what the, the fact that doing. I could even entertain her as a bottom feeder is depressing. Yeah. yeah. How dare you the yeah. following? The person I chose, though, for pretty much the same reasons was Roderick. And I think that's just because <gasps> of the fact no! that I... Oh, the, the but weird... But Roderick's still doing really good. But the weird, oh, like... Oh, but he so got Jacob home. There's two reasons. Oh, Emma left Jacob and Paul to rot, and Indeed. Roderick got them home. No, there's two reasons for this, though. No. And it's not just that. I like that he went through her phone. I like that he's keeping an eye on It's things. not that either. That was part Let of it. Let me try to guess. And the weird... I liked his weird outburst. This is a house full of crazy yeah. killers. But that's not we it. We can't start to like them or want to be at this creepy party and think it's nice. I know. Okay. So the reason is because the one scene where Joe is attempting to like say, I'm sorry that uh, whatever, the person he was in a relationship with the past oh, episode... Oh, I liked that. Well, no. What that signals to that. me... Is that they're just Sorry, turning him... Sorry, through what happened. Okay, so there's a scene in which Joe is like, they heard about, like, the, uh, that, um, what's her name? Amanda was in custody, and the other person who was, we saw was in a relationship with Roderick the previous episode, that she had been killed. And so Joe's like, I'm sorry. I know she like, meant, meant something, something to you. And Roderick says, no, she didn't. Yeah. I liked that. <laughs> well, the thing, though, with that is what that signals is what they've decided to do is make him the most generic, stereotypical psychopath that exists. Well, then that's not your truck with Roderick. That's your truck with the show. So the show is the bottom feeder this time? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, his character is. I don't like the fact that his character is being written that way. So Okay. Okay. A lot of your research is about psychopathy. So Grant doesn't like when people are lazy with it. That yes, makes sense. Extremely lazy and like that sort of generic trope, especially since what I think is one of the interesting things is that, oh yeah, Joe and many of the other main characters have been revealed to actually not be psychopaths because they have some sort of feelings about things, have some sort of morality. In fact, you could argue this show is actually about a kind of murderous cult 
It is not a bunch of psychopaths. Did you just say it could be argued this show is about a murderous cult? No, no, no. The second part is what mattered. I'm just saying. It, it, a full stop. it definitely is a show about a murderous cult. I'm giving you such a hard time. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I disagree strongly, but mm-hmm. fair enough. Okay. I respect your choice. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. Craziest That's moment. Craziest mo- <laughs> They're going to hear it. Yeah, you don't have to <laughs> sing it. <laughs> I'm just going to stop. Ciao. I'm just going to have a shout out for all the musical interludes. I can't talk. Shout out <laughs> for the musical interludes of this podcast created by Grant. I like them. Here's one now. It's the craziest Okay. So, craziest moment of the show. Easy peasy. This one was not... I actually thought there were a bunch of them, nope. so I didn't think they were as easy. Nope. I thought no this one was question. high on the crazy no moment scale. question. There were several crazy moments, but there was a clear craziest. Um, crazy moments that this moment easily beat. The woman being thrown out the window so fast. Um, <laughs> that was the, that was on my list. The Mardi Gras rave, whatever mm-hmm. that was. Just that, that wasn't so crazy. Because this show has done so many, like, weird scene creepy hide-and-seek chases. <laughs> we've had wet basements. We've had garages. We've had um, mansion lawns. We Too many to name. But, 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 the energy of that rave fest was very weird. But it was so quickly thrown together and poorly done. So, no. Um, <laughs> easy peasy, lemon squeezy, was the diner scene in which Amanda... With that wonderful, wonderful energy. Everyone, go watch her. There's no question in my mind she was a horse girl in her youth. <gasps> um, Go watch. Yeah, it's, it's wonderfully done. It's wonderfully acted. And it's so unexpected that she's like, give this message to Ryan Hardy. Love hurts. And then maybe you think, well, she might kill someone. But with a harpoon? A harpoon? Not since No Country for Old Men have we seen oh, with the, this the kind weird... of creativity and weapon yeah. use. <laughs> Kabunk! Through the diner booth. Very good cinematography here in this scene. Um, easily, easily craziest moment of the show. All Love right. I, I generally agree with you. And I just in my notes put diner booth harpoon, all caps in bold. <laughs> So I actually did choose the rave. No, and but he, how? Okay, how can you choose that over Diner Booth Harpoon? I shrieked. Here's here's why. So I think craziest the moment of the show. I realize I'm talking over you so much. I apologize. <laughs> craziest moment of the show is like the one in which I shriek and go, "What? What? That's it for me!" Like yeah. with the thumb biting. No, I know. And you shrieked too with the yeah, harpoon. I did. I thought that was so a very how high contender. So the craziest. So here's why. Is I happen to like the off thrown togetherness of oh, the entire thing. Oh, you like that aesthetic. But specifically, and yeah, I think it's because also is that here's was what a the particular. Kids are doing. Yes. <laughs> which which also was clearly dated at that point. Not only was it moral panicky, it was dated from <laughs> Background for explanation. Should I stop? Yes, because the thing I actually thought was the craziest part was once she gets away as she's with the cop and then that goes down, she runs into a construction site that apparently is right next to it. 
Three. Oh, it was a construction site. That's where there was a nail gun. Yeah, it's a construction oh, site. Amanda only had a knife. Yes, she's and she is very good. Goes through these plastic sheets, and then suddenly, even though it appears that it should be right next to this very very loud, with Catherine making the noise, there is no sound anymore. Rave, rave. It suddenly becomes totally silent. In this open building covered with plastic sheets next to it. So I think the thing is there was this aspect. So you liked the um the low quality. Yes. I totally get that. Yeah. I like the fact that it was, I think I think the thing is, the point you mentioned was well done. So well done. The one of the best the rave. Was not. <laughs> Would you say the diner booth harpoon scene is one of the most well done scenes? Oh yeah, I think as I think you can probably say this, especially especially in these last. Would you few episodes. say that if we remade Country for Old Men but with a woman, that could have fit into it? Sure, I guess. I agree. <laughs> Very. I love that. I love that difference of opinion. Yeah. Then. Yeah, I. I because I, I think now, that's the thing the truth. is... tell me the truth. Did you have two ready to go and you just chose the one I didn't? No, that was the one I chose. High five. Okay. Now it's time for game. All right, it's time for game. Games. Okay. You were very excited about the game I this am week. very excited about this. You are proud of yourself. So it's another IMDb-based game. Okay. I got 20 possibilities 20 questions and what you're gonna have to do is identify true or false yes or no is this comment i'm going to read you from an imdb review of the following or from a different show wait what so i'm going to read you a quote from some user review of a show on IMDb. Okay. And you're going to have to tell me if it is from a review of the following or if it's from the review of another show. Now, I heard you and understood, but this just sounds like it's too easy. We'll see. What's the catch? What was your criteria for what other show reviews you chose? It was Similar sh- shows? It was shows that in some way could be similar or could have similar comments. Did you just like think off the top of your head this show is similar and you looked up reviews from it? Yes, that is what I did. Okay. Yeah. I think, th- how many are there? There are 20. Whoa, that's a lot. I'm going to say you have to get 10. Are they short? Yeah. Okay. Only oh, yeah, no, I, I, excerpt, I excerpted these. They're not... So I only have to get a 50% score? Yeah. You're very kind. 50% is going to be a pass. Okay. All right, here's the first one. I really like this show. It's very complex in nature. I have accepted the fact that something like could take place. I see the challenge now. (laughs) By the way, also, did you listen? (laughs) I see. I see why we're okay. Do you you listen? I'm like the the words missing in this too. Oh yes. I really like this show. It's very complex. I also want you to do a different voice for each review. Okay. I really like this show. No, you didn't. Okay, just my voice. No, no, but stick to the for voice. Okay. Save that for a different one. I really like this show. It's very complex, capital C, in nature, complex, or capital N. I've accepted the fact complex that something... in nature. I've accepted the fact that something like could take place. <laughs> I think that's the reason why I really enjoy this show. 
That is absolutely a review of the following. That is correct. <laughs> Most of the shows either have a happy, sad ending. This no. shows something no, of a mix. I, I changed my mind. There is happiness, no. but it is sidelined by the sorrow. Too distracting. Please, okay. please, okay. no. I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> Most of the shows either have a happy, sad ending. This show, something of a mix. There is happiness, but is sidelined by the sorrow. I'm gonna... If that is a review of the following, that person's crazy. I'm gonna hope it is a review of the following, but say that it is not. So what are you gonna say? It's not a review of the oh, following. Oh, incorrect. That is a review of the following. That person. <laughs> if that's what you're taking from it, no... With so many high-quality shows ending or getting canceled recently, Friends, Frasier, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, and with others, and with the declining quality of many others, The West Wing, Smallville, not to mention the egregious rise of turgid and tasteless reality programming, I'd just written off TV as an entertainment medium. I was seriously considering ditching my TV and cable subscription in favor of my computer screen and broadband internet connection. Then comes along this show. I missed the first few episodes, but was able to catch up thanks to BitTorrent. Now I'm hooked. That feels like... It feels... Too dated? Like, did Friends end when this started? I'm gonna say not. Correct. That was not a review of the following. That was a review of Lost. That feels... Actually, yeah, I was right. That would have been earlier than when Mm -hmm. the following started. Lost ended when I lived in Manchester, and we watched the following when we lived in Australia. Yeah. It was a good premise to Context be- clues. <laughs> it was a good premise to begin with, and now it just seems to be dragging on for the sake of dragging on. The acting is forced and trivial, and I am now in the process of deleting it from my hard drive and the memory. The following. This could have been something great, but of course it just turned into garbage. Typical TV for today. The following. Incorrect. That is a review of Under the Dome. Oh, that was a good show to choose. <laughs> yep. Uh, hot tip, go watch Under the Dome. We thoroughly enjoyed that. Would you say that you uh, you suggest Under the Dome? Oh, yeah. If you're, if you're willing to watch the following, definitely watch Under the Dome. Don't read it. Watch it. Yeah. I think the writers created mysteries and twists as they went along with no clearly defined answers or resolutions in their own heads when they created those mysteries. That is just plain lazy and sloppy writing. I mean, that could also be lost. It's, a, it's that they were, used the word mystery. Like, I was like, oh, that's definitely the following. Like, they're making it up as they go along. But the word mystery makes me think that is not a review of the following. Not. Finally, correct. That was another review of Lost. Totally accurate about Lost. <laughs> Most of the people hate this show. If you hate this show, then kindly stop watching it. Stop whining about it. In short, <laughs> if you accept the concept, then watch it. Otherwise, skip it. I mean, absolutely. It's too good a review of the following to not be a review of the following. That is a review of the following. You're correct. <laughs> And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> what could have been... If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. <laughs> if you don't want to make a podcast about it, don't make a podcast about it. <laughs> what could have been an intriguing story has been ruined by a terrible script and even more terrible acting, not to mention a ridiculously over-the-top attempt at per- political correctness. Well, that's not the following. 
What's politically correct about the following? No. You're correct. That is also Under the Dome. <laughs> Which I don't know how Under the Dome was politically correct either. Okay. Next well, one. Yeah. That's blowing my mind. It seems that the series will undoubtedly free fall. And is that the case? As they pass the episodes, the series is becoming more loose and unreal. The following. That is correct. That was a review of the following. This new coming out woman who hacked her husband and his lover in bed seems like she'll be some eerie character. The way she blew away that woman in the restaurant was incredible. I mean, duh. That's a review of this episode. That is correct. Of the following. <laughs> The eerie woman. I wouldn't call her eerie. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't either. I'm glad someone else is... I need to start an Amanda fan club and that we need to track down that reviewer and she'll be my first member. (laughs) I'm assuming it's a woman. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Each and every episode is a work of art and it never gets boring or old. It's a hard accomplishment to get someone to actually love a serial killer. It's not forced oh. upon you. The show doesn't shove the whole, well, this serial killer had a terrible childhood in your face. Oh, then no. there's the actual storyline. It's not cliche. It's actually scary and chilling. It keeps nope. you guessing. Strong writing, clever dialogue, talented stars. It all makes for a wonderful TV show. Um, no. I think you looked up Hannibal, and that's a review of Hannibal. That is not Hannibal. You are correct. It is not a review of the following. What's it is review? of Dexter. Which is coming back. Ugh. Ugh. They're picking up where they left off with lumberjacking. Oh, that's that's terrible. Unfortunately, the episode's writers and production team themselves suffered from a, we don't know what the heck we're writing here, we're just going to keep you entertained in each individual episode. Is this lost There no, is a story that moves forward from episode to episode, but several nuances and even aspects that were very huge just a few episodes prior become completely abandoned and betrayed. I'm going to say that's a review of Hannibal. That is a review. You are correct. It is not a review of the following, but it is also under the dome. Surely you looked up Hannibal. I actually did not look up Hannibal. Hannibal's not part of this. Wow. Trouble is, each time what happens next is even more ridiculous than what happened before. The total bumbling ineptitude of law enforcement is laughable. We ought to all go hide in bunkers if the FBI, CIA, local police, and prison staff are all really this stupid. That is a review of the following. You're correct. What a waste of a fine cast. Good production values and the worst, most exasperating, cliched writing imaginable. It's all the worst because it might have been something. What it is, is lame. Okay, here's my thought process on this. The following does not have good production value. But maybe back when it was made, it did for TV? Like, we're so used to prestige TV now. It doesn't have good production value. I'm going to say not a review of the following. That was a review of the following. This television series was so dreadful, so dull and cheesy, how could any intelligent person possibly endorse it? For Christ's sake, it was shot like an after-school special, suffered the worst miscasting, had some of the most god-awful CGI effects, and lacked any mild attempts at atmosphere or terror. It's like watching Barney descend into madness. I mean, I want to know what that's a review of, but it's not a review of this because this has no CGI. That is correct. It was the Shining TV series. Ooh. About as edgy and new as the moon. That is a review of the following. You're correct. And it is. It is as edgy and new as the moon. (laughs) This must be the most annoyingly irritating TV series I've ever watched. 
That is a review of the following. Correct. <laughs> My life must be really boring for me to keep watching this show. After eight weeks, I'm not sure what Aww. is going on. There's nothing really interesting happening. You think something is about to happen based on a loud, obnoxious music, then more of the same, nothing. I gave it two stars because at times I was interested and kept watching. Now I wish I could get that time back. Slow, boring, and confusing. Horrible show. Two things. Two things. One, I take personal offense of that review, so I reject it. But, but two, the music is, we know, we've established the music is often slow and quiet. Mm-hmm. So that is not a review of the following. Correct. That was a review of Castle Rock. Which apparently has gone on. Did you know that? Wait, what? There's another season of that? (laughs) Yes. No one watched it. Now it's canceled, but... Every plot twist was chosen from a hat of notes written by monkeys (laughs) slash Donald Trump. Same thing. I'm sorry. A hat of notes (laughs) written by monkeys. Um, Oh, no. There's more to this one. Oh, wow. Please go on. Every plot twist was chosen from a hat of notes written by monkeys slash Donald Trump. Same thing. And then had the episode written by what I can only assume is someone who is looking to torture audiences with every sentence. It's, I'm at such a loss over words, over how horrible every episode, every line, every garbage scene of terrible acting is from otherwise good actors. Okay. That person... I don't like that person who wrote that review. I think they have too much time on their hands. Mm-hmm. And I think they... I don't want to be mean and like make another Jordy mistake here. But I think they're smarter. I think they think they're smarter than they are. All right. And I don't think that they would watch the following. Also, the big context clue for me is that... Yeah, we knew who Donald Trump was when this came out, but we weren't using him as, like, a touchstone like that. So I think that's for a more contemporary show, and I'm going to say not a review of the following. You're correct. It is not a review of the following. It is a review of Breaking Bad. But Donald Trump wasn't president during Breaking Bad. So while I was right, my context clues did not steer me right. (laughs) There's the final one I have. Wait, what? how am I doing? You've, You've won. Oh, that's okay. So this is not even exciting. In conclusion, most of the arguments made about this show can easily be debunked. Also, most (laughs) of the reviews don't even bring up actual points. They just say the writing is bad without giving any evidence to support it. I like, I would like to think that, um, oh, that can be easily debunked. What would that apply to in this show? I'm going to say not a review of the following. That was a review of the following. What are they talking about? They're talking about how you can disprove everybody's bad reviews of the show. Oh. Well, how did I do? You got 15. So you <gasps> I did, did very so well. good. You did very well. Yay, me. Yay. I'm sorry. That's really jerky. Um, thank you. That was a super... You are so good at games. I, I was like, I, I didn't know how hard or easy that would be. You did very well. It was not as difficult as some games, mm-hmm. but it was still... Quite a little thought. It was. It I probably. It was a solid challenge. Yeah, I probably could have gone up to seventy-five percent rather than fifteen, but that would have been put it right at the edge there. Yeah, and I think I would have been meaner and been sure to wipe it of things like CGI mm-hmm. yeah. and mysteries. Mm-hmm. But thanks for doing that for me. Yeah. All right. 
So, so I think that's the episode end. But end when, of the episode. When will there be s'mores? When, when? When? And sorry I keep mentioning it. Maybe it was like a misremembrance. We'll see. We'll see. Until s'mores. All right, goodbye, everybody. I'm not going to stop. You're going to come out. Thank you.